Do you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015, and I want to show your family how to do it too. Hey everyone, welcome to the Family's Fly Free podcast. I'm Lynn Mettler. I am just back from a super fun trip to Disney World with the Family's Fly Free team. So we had a team retreat slash team meeting. Um, While we were there, we spent um, a day in the parks having fun, and then we um, spent a day meeting and brainstorming of um, some amazing new things that are going to be coming inside of Families Fly Free for 2023. So we will keep you posted on that as those things um, are released, but uh, we have some great ideas and some really fun additions coming to the membership. So since we are headed into the summer season, I can't believe we are there. I am glad, though, so that we are into some nice weather and kids out of school, and that affords um, my family and many other families the freedom to actually go out and really do some traveling when school's not in session. And so I know we've talked a lot about Disney on the podcast because, um, of course, that's one of my favorite places. And lots of our families want to go there as well. But Universal Studios in Orlando is also another very popular theme park destination to visit. Um, And so many of you might have that on your list for the summer or sometime in the next year. And we really like Universal Studios um, also. So we've been going there not quite as long as we've been going to Disney World, um, but probably for the last 10 years, I've lost track of how many times we've been to Universal and Disney. But I mean, I would say at least, I don't know, six, seven times we've been to Universal Studios in Orlando. And it is really, really fun. I think it's a great supplement to or addition to or even alternative to Disney World. It's very different um, and it has its own amazing features and areas and rides um, that make it absolutely worth going over there and checking it out as well. You know, it is has more thrill rides. So if you have older kids, if you have teens or preteens, they might enjoy Universal more than they would Disney, unless they've been going to Disney for a long time and they just love the nostalgia of it. But um, you get some there, they have some actual, you know, major roller coasters that are too scary for me to go on. <laughs> um, but, you know, with the huge drops and the go upside down and all that, Disney's coasters are more just fun. Um, though I have to say, I just rode Guardians of the Galaxy again, I think three times while we were just there. And that is the my favorite ride of all time. That is the best coaster, the best put together, engineered, creative ride I have ever seen. So Disney's has one up them on that. Um, but it's not scary. It's just incredibly fun. Um, so you also have at Universal 
you've got the wizarding world of Harry Potter. And for me, that was hands down a reason I must go to Universal Studios Orlando because I'm a, a big Harry Potter fan. Um, I read the books when they very, very first came out. I worked at Borders Bookstore. If those of you remember Borders back in the day, it's not around anymore, but it was a big competitor to Barnes and Noble. And um, I love books and I've worked at many bookstores um, over the years. And so I just remember this book was really, really popular, this Harry Potter book over in the kids area. And I was like, and people were like, oh, you should read. It's really good. And I was like, really read a kid's book. Um, and man, I read that book and I was hooked. So I actually have first editions of all of the Harry Potter books, but I just love the story um, of it. And so to actually be able to walk into it in a real life setting, um, and they really have done a spectacular job of that over at Universal. I really think it does beat any land that that I have ever seen at Disney World um, in terms of the detail and the, the theming. And it really does feel like you're walking into the world of Harry Potter over there. So if you have anyone in your family who likes Harry Potter at all, this is definitely a bucket list destination for you. You want to come down and, and see it and take your time and really look at all the details that they have. So there's, they have two areas, um, in uh, Universal, there's two parks. And so they have Diagon Alley um, in one, which is kind of like um, supposed to be in London. So one side is kind of London, and then you go back into the alley. That's where they buy all of their stuff for school. And then there's um, over in Islands of Adventure is Hogsmeade, which is the little town that they go to kind of on their weekend holiday, and they get to go um, have butterbeer and um, some fun things like that. So they have um, all kinds of different shops and everything on that side, um, the joke shop and, you know, where you can buy your wand and the candy store and all kinds of fun things. So um, there's there's two areas of it inside of Universal, um, well worth spending um, a decent amount of time in uh, if you've never been there. So um, the other thing that I like about Universal compared to Disney World is that the parks are very close together. So if you've been to Disneyland, it's laid out a little bit more like that, where the parks are next to each other. So it's pretty easy to just walk from one to the other. And um, they actually connect back in the Wizarding, Wizarding World of Harry Potter back in that area too. So you can cross over there, which is really cool, but they do require, we'll talk about tickets here next, but they do require that you have a park to park ticket, which is essentially a park hopper. If you're familiar with that lingo from Disney, that just means you can visit more than one park in a single day. And so you do need a, that type of ticket in order to ride the Hogwarts Express, which goes between the two parks. It's a ride that it's like you're actually riding the Hogwarts Express. Super fun. Um, and you don't want to miss that for sure if you're if you're going there to see the Harry Potter stuff. Um, and you can cross parks right there. So you can either do it at the front where you do have to walk a little bit, um, or you can uh, connect over there. And so again, it's more like Disneyland where you literally can walk out of one park and then go walk across um, and go into the other one. Whereas Disney World, that's not happening. <laughs> So you got to take a monorail or a bus or something, uh, the Skyliner or a boat um, to to get to the different parks. And they're, you know, definitely much more spread apart and a lot more walking going on over there. 
So, so you do have these two parks um, at Universal Orlando. There's Universal Studios and then Islands of Adventure. And then they have a water park and we've been to the water park too. And it is a fantastic water park if you like water parks. And that one's called Volcano Bay and it has a big volcano. So you can't miss it. And you can see the big volcano from um, multiple of the Universal hotels. And it actually goes off every hour and it has music and that's when the the wave pool is right at the base of the volcanoes that's when the waves start is when the um the volcano goes off uh and you can add that in um to your ticket as well if you want to spend a day doing that i think that if you like water parks i would definitely recommend um checking that out they do have a really unique system there for getting on rides um that basically you wear a wristband, kind of like the Disney magic band, but you um, can check into a ride that you want to get on, a, a, like a water slide. Um, and then you can go about doing whatever else you want. And then it lets you know when it's time to come back to get on the ride. So it prevents you from having to stand in line, which I think is a pretty great technology. And they do have a really great lazy river there. This That's the best lazy river I've ever been in. It's huge and it actually is kind of like going down a white water rafting um, river, um, actually has currents and it has some, you know, um, some of the white water, uh, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but um, that is what it's like. Um, going on a raft down the river and then the currents are so strong in parts you have to be careful because I got stuck in one and it was kind of was painful <laughs> on my legs so um, but if you just stay on your float um, it's super fun to go around this lazy river so my kids and I had a ball when we went over there and that was our favorite thing at the whole at the whole park was the lazy river um, and then the other part of Universal is City Walk, which is basically their downtown Disney or Disney Springs area. And it's really neat too. It's very similar. It has a movie theater and it has all kinds of different themed restaurants and um, all kinds of different stores that you can go in and, um, you know, see and do things. So very, very similar to Disney Springs. And I think probably locals go over there too, um, you know, for different things. And they Universal is known for its Mardi Gras, has a big Mardi Gras festival every year. And so there's a lot going on there during that. Um, and then, of course, uh, their Halloween Horror Nights is um, another big seasonal event that they have that uh, my family has attended many a time. And I have a whole podcast just on that. If you want to go, we won't go into that in detail on this podcast. But um, if you like Halloween, it's really, really uh, fantastic. They do a great job with the the houses, the haunted houses that they create. It's kind of like walking through a movie set. Um, and it is pretty scary, but if you listen to my podcast, you'll learn how even um, a mom who is very scared of haunted houses has learned how to um, to enjoy going through them. So that's how uh, Universal is laid out. The two parks, the water park, and then the downtown. And the downtown connects you. You, you walk through the downtown to get to the two parks. Um, and Volcano Bay is kind of separate from that. You don't have to go through the downtown to get through to Volcano Bay. So when it comes to tickets for Universal, um, they have a single like one day, one park ticket, which is comparable to the what a one park, one day ticket at Disney. So it's at about $109, $110 per person. There's a couple dollar uh, break if for kids. Um, and then of course you can do 
um, a two park in one day, and that would be what I was referring to called a park to park ticket or which is similar to the Disney park hopper, just meaning that you can go in both parks in a single day. And again, you will need that type of ticket at least for one day to go to ride the Hogwarts Express between the two uh, parks and between the two sides of the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Um, so that is starts at about $164 to do the two parks in one day, or you can get, um, you know, on and on a two day ticket for one park each day or a two day uh, park to park ticket and on up. Um, now, right now they have a promotion, and I think they usually have something like this, where if you buy a two-day ticket, they give you three days for free. Um, so that's pretty generous. But what I will tell you is that you really don't need any more than two days to do Universal. Um, I would be hard-pressed of what else to do <laughs> after day number two. So I guess that's why they're giving you that free because they know most people don't stay more than two days. And if they can get you to stay more than two days and you'll spend more money eating and at the hotels and all of that there. So um, we used to go and we would do Disney for four days. We do every single park at Disney. And then we would take a day off and we would usually change hotels. We'd go from Disney over to a universal hotel um, and then we would do two more days at Universal. And that really was too much. <laughs> so we would be exhausted. Um, and so we really, then we started dividing the, them up into two different trips. So we would do Universal at Halloween because we like their um, Halloween Horror Nights. And so we could do the parks during the day and then go to Horror Nights at night. Um, and then we would do Disney at a different time of year. Now we started doing that over Thanksgiving. So that would be my recommendation. Um, and once you learn how to fly free, if you're not already, um, and fly free easily whenever, wherever you want, it's not a big deal to, um, you know, spend a long weekend in October, or if your kids have a fall break, you could head down to Universal. And that is generally a pretty good time to go. It's not super duper busy. Um, it's busy, but not crazy busy. Um, or, and then separate out Disney at a different time of year. You know, maybe you go over spring break or you go during the summer, that's a little bit hot then, um, or you do like us over Thanksgiving, um, or maybe right before school starts even, or you take your kids out of school. So when we were just there um, early May, tons and tons of kids. So clearly uh, their parents had taken them out of school to go to Disney World. So um, so you really don't need more than two days. And now, now we have gotten to where we just do it in one day. We've been so many times that we're, we've sort of gotten tired of a lot of the rides. And so there's just a couple that we enjoy going on, um, including, we'll talk more about rides, but the um, the Harry Potter ride in Hogwarts Castle is excellent. So that's one that I always want to go on. Um, but you can easily knock them both out in one day with a park to park ticket. So that's, that's our go-to at this point. Now, I did want to mention you can get an express pass at Universal. And what that does is there's a separate line for Express Pass people. It's basically like the Fast Pass line. Now it's the Genie Plus line at Disney World. Um, and so if you buy this Express Pass, and at the moment, 
May 2023, um, it was about $90 per person per park. And we have always gotten this and I wouldn't do it any other way. So again, I know this is an extra outlay of cash. We do have a whole um, course inside of Families Fly Free about how to do Disney free. And um, a lot of the techniques we teach also apply here. So there are ways to get theme park tickets for free um, using miles and points and travel cards. So you could take care of it that way, but um, it is worth the extra spend because we never wait in line there ever. Um, and we've been at all different times of year. So if you buy the express pass, you get to ride each ride once in that line um, and no lines that I have ever seen. I mean, maybe a very, very short line, but if there's an also an upgrade to that where you can ride a ride as many times as you want in the express lane. We've never gotten that one. We just get the regular express pass. And now, and I do not know why Disney can't make their fast pass genie plus this simple. It, this is as simple as it gets. You buy the ticket, you have a separate line period. There's no scheduling anything. There's no booking things every two hours. There's no getting up at 7 AM to have to book something. You just buy the pass and get in the line. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is, um, why Disney makes it so complicated. But so this this is definitely a perk of universals. This very simple, easy. Um, so that would be my recommendation. Um, if you've never been before, plan to spend two days. Um, if you've been before, you're going to know whether you need one or two days or not uh, based on what you like to do. And there are some other, you know, there's some fantastic areas at Universal Studios, um, like the Seuss Landing, which is the themed around Dr. Seuss, which is incredible how they have done that. Again, it's just is like walking into the world of, um, you know, the Grinch or any of his, you know, fantastical worlds and characters and drawings um, that he created. Um, we love the Simpsons area because we've been watching the Simpsons for eons. Um, and so it's super fun to see Moe's Tavern and to see the Lard Lad Donut, your guy. And then, you know, um, all of those things are in there. You're walking through Springfield and you see the statue of Jebediah, whatever his name is. And um, so that's very entertaining. So when you go for the first time, like all that stuff is really, really fun and novel to see new. They, again, they really have done a good job with it. Um, and I would highly recommend the ice cream over in Simpsons World, the soft serve. It's very rich and delicious. Best soft serve ever in my book. Um, okay, one other thing I want to mention about tickets was that um, you can book a VIP tour over there as well. Now, we have never done a VIP tour um, of the two parks, um, but I have a colleague who has, and so I got his feedback before I recorded this podcast um, on what he thought about it, and he highly recommends it. So I think he recommended it over and above um, the Disney VIP tour. He felt like they got more over here. So um, with their VIP tour, you can do a group tour, which means your group will be joining um, a group of up to nine 
other people, or you can pay for a private VIP tour. So um, he said, and, I, and the pricing I was seeing online was about $249 to $299 per person for a group tour. Um, and then it's $400 to $600 an hour if you want to do a private tour. So I think those prices vary based on demand and time of year, but it will be somewhere in that ballpark. They do not include your park ticket admission. So that's in addition to that. But um, basically, they take you around for, um, it looks like it's about, they're about an eight-hour tour, um, and you get breakfast, lunch, and dinner, he said. You get valet parking, and then even after your tour is over, you get that express pass um, where you can keep riding rides after your tour is over and get in that express lane. So basically they're taking you to the front of the line um, and getting you on any rides that you want and, you know, answering any questions, giving you some trivia, some history, different things like that as you go along. Um, now we did this, we, we do the Horror Nights VIP tour, which is called an RIP tour, of course. Um, and I would not do Horror Nights any other way. Now we haven't really seen the need to do a VIP tour because I felt like with the Express Pass, um, we get on whatever we want and it's very efficient. Um, we don't have to wait. But um, for Horror Nights, you're not getting on anything, even with your Express Pass. They do have an Express Pass, I think, for Horror Nights. And the lines for that are so outrageous that even the Express Pass lines, you might be waiting for an hour to get in one house. And if you want to actually see the houses they've put together and not just two or three while you're there, um, I think it's worth doing this RIP tour. And so it's $2.99 per person. Um, currently for the RIP tour uh, for Horror Nights. And of course, it's, you know, not as long because it's just an evening event. And it doesn't, it includes like a buffet, when uh, I want to say like appetizers and desserts and a drink um, at the beginning of the tour is what you get. Um, and then similar to the VIP tour after your RIP tour is over, they take you in all the haunted houses, you just cut to the front of the line, which is amazing. Um, and then they then if you want to stay after you can also keep riding rides similar to the vip tour um, so they have to give you the pass to just hop on any other rides that you want they have select rides open during those um the scarier ones of course all right let's talk briefly about um how to get to universal studios parks in terms of um transportation and accessing the park so they do have a big parking garage and that is um how it's the way that most people come into the park. So of course, if you're driving yourself, you're going to need to park in the parking garage. If you rented a car, you've driven in. Um, and then also the hotels have buses just like Disney. So you can catch the bus at your hotel and they will drop you off also at the same area that all of the people who are parking go in. And so this area can get pretty congested because they, you do have to go through security there. You have to walk, you know, put your stuff through the x-ray machine and walk through the, the thing. And so like during horror nights, um, I mean, we've seen it just be 
a huge amount of people congested into this um, and take quite a long while to get through. So if you can avoid that, I would recommend it. it it's not like that all of the time, um, just during busier periods. Um, but if you stay at a universal hotel, which I highly recommend, I'll talk through them here briefly in a minute. I love their hotels. They are themed really well. They're again, they're different than Disney and they're way more affordable. So you could even think about staying at universal hotels and going over to Disney because it's just way, 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 way cheaper. And you still get a really good quality experience with access to food. And you're, it's of course, super convenient to any universal park. So if you stay at most of their hotels, um, you can take the boat in. So um, all of the hotels except their Surfside and Dockside Inn and Suites, that one is like across the highway from everything. So you do have to take a bus over um, from those. And those are their least expensive hotels. But any of the other hotels, you can hop on a boat um, and take the boat over into the parks. And that is the best way to get into the parks because you bypass the walk via city walk too um, into the parks and you bypass that long security thing. They they put you through a quick security check before you get on the boat. And so it's taken care of right there. And there's not that many people getting on the boat. And of course, I always love to take a boat if I can, because it's just a lovely way to be out on the water and in the outside. Um, it's just a prettier way to come into any park. So that's my big recommendation there. And I should say, we do have a full webinar, Inside Families Fly Free, about Universal Studios, where I go into even more depth um, than I am right now um, about all of the things to see and do. And you can see pictures um, that I have taken of the different hotels and um, what we like about them. But let's talk through those really quick here. So there are the Surfside Inn and Suites and the Dockside Inn and Suites are the least expensive. So they can get as low as $91 for one room um, or $136 per night for a two-bedroom suite. And we've stayed in their two-bedroom suite before. And it is fantastic. Um, you have separate rooms for kids and parents. Um, there's like a picnic table type of table in there where you can sit down and have um, something to eat. They have a little mini fridge and a little kitchenette area. Um, and then everyone shares a bathroom, but it's nice to at least have a door that you can close to be get some sleep <laughs> and take a break from the kids for a minute while they're still in your same, you know, hotel room. So I definitely recommend that the downside of those is you do have to take the bus in. So just be aware of that. Um, and it is the furthest away from everything. Now, my very favorite property there is Cabana Bay, and that is themed like mid-century modern. We love that style. So it's super fun for us. It's like heading back into the 1960s there. And um, it's a big property. They've added a couple of towers there. Uh, we've stayed in regular, uh, they have family suites, which again, um, the family suite doesn't have a separate bedroom, but it does have like a separate seating area. And then it again has a nice full kitchenette. So you can could bring your own food or get your own food delivered from Walmart or Instacart or wherever. Um, and you could do some uh, breakfast for sure. Um, and maybe lunch meals in there could prepare your lunches for the day and take it with you into the parks. Um, and then there's, um, we have also stayed in their two bedroom suite, which uh, their Volcano Bay two bedroom suite, which is in there. There's two towers that those are in. 
and they look over on Volcano Bay. And I have a video of that room on our Families Fly Free YouTube channel. If you want to take a look at that, it is awesome. I'm again, just fully mid-century modern themed from top to bottom and um, a lot more space. So you actually have two separate bedrooms whose doors close. You have two separate bathrooms and then you have a separate seating area, which has the little kitchenette with it. But it really is a nice amount of space. Um, if you're looking for that. And those started about, when I last checked, about 320 per night. So again, that is still less than you're probably gonna pay um, anywhere at Disney, except maybe the all-star resorts, and you're gonna get a ton more space. Um, Aventura is another one where we have stayed. Oh, I did wanna mention on Cabana Bay that you can't take a boat directly from there, but across the street from it is Sapphire Falls. That's another, that's a higher end hotel over there. Um, if you just walk to through Sapphire Falls, you just walk through the hotel, they have a boat. And then, so you can just take the boat from there. Um, Aventura is, is close to Cabana Bay and it's more of a boutique hotel, like targeted toward millennials, I would say. Um, it's more sophisticated looking. It's just a tower. Um, there's a bar, open bar, uh, Rooftop bar is what I want to say on the top, um, and it is the closest to Volcano Bay. So you literally can, has a walking path um, to over to Volcano Bay if you're going to be spending time over there. Um, and it ranges from $130 for one room to $230 for a suite, um, a kid's suite. And I think those might have bunk beds or something in them. Um, it sleeps, oh, it sleeps five with a separate area for kids. Then there are higher end hotels. The only one we've stayed in is uh, Portofino Bay, which um, starts at about $324. Um, and we really enjoyed that one as well. It is themed, you know, like Italy um, and is has a boat that you can take in, which is super nice. And it's just a pretty one. So um, it's on water. And so you might look out over the water and there's various, you know, restaurants and gelato and, and things over there. So we did enjoy our time there. The rooms um, were like a big hotel room. So more spacious than your typical hotel, but it was still that same layout, just two queen beds and a bathroom um, with a refrigerator, a mini fridge, but um, just bigger. So that helps. Um, they didn't have balconies. I really love a balcony, but those are hard to come by. It seems like in Orlando, I don't know why that is. So they're hard to come by at the moderate resorts at Disney. Um, and and also here. So our Cabana Bay ones, I don't think had balconies either. The other higher end resorts there which, where we have not stayed, uh, is Sapphire Falls, which I mentioned, um, the Royal Pacific, which is similar theming to the Polynesian, kind of that South Pacific uh, feel. And then there's a Hard Rock Hotel over there as well. So if you stay at a Universal Hotel, um, in addition to getting the transportation over to the parks, you also can get in an hour before the park opens to the public. Again, similar to Disney. Um, and so that can be handy. Um, the when when it comes to the express pass, most rides are on that express pass, but there's a couple, like sometimes the new ones aren't. So I remember a time when the um the ride at uh 
I think it's Harry Potter's Forbidden Journey, something like that. That's in Hogwarts Castle. That wasn't on the Express Pass, but it is now. Um, and then there's um, Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure. And when that one was new, it wasn't on the Express Pass either. So check and see what is and isn't on the Express Pass before you get it. And then if there's one that's not, that would be the one I would recommend you go in early for and head directly to that ride. Um, it was very hard to get on Hagrid's ride at first. I think we didn't even get to get on it the first time we went, um, uh, but we did the, I think we've just ridden it once. So we did the next time. Um, so what we like to do and um, what we have done in the past is we will get up early one day and uh, go into the wizarding, wizarding world of Harry Potter, have breakfast at the Leaky Cauldron, um, which I think is on the Hogsmeade side. And um, that's a restaurant over there and you get pancakes and some yummy breakfast. And then, then you can cross over on the Hogwarts Express with your park to park ticket before anyone else has gotten there except the Universal Hotel people and go over to the other side. And I, it is worth seeing the Wizarding World of Harry Potter before everybody gets there, because you want to take your time and explore again, all the little details. That's what makes this so magical is what they have done in the details. So look, go in the stores, look at the little things that are hiding in the alleyways and you can get the wand and you can do there's, you know, you can wave your wand over all kinds of different areas and make things happen. So I would recommend doing that, especially if it's your first time. Um, that's a great plan. Get up early, go have breakfast in, in there at the Leaky Cauldron, and then check out both sides of Harry Potter with your park-to-park -park ticket. Um, all right, when it comes to rides, um, backpacks at Universal, and this is something different than Disney, They on a lot of rides, they have you put your backpack in a locker, which I don't love this at all. They, we just rode Tron at Disney, which I liked. Um, I would give it a, it was pretty good. Nowhere near as good as Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it was not as good as I was hoping it would be when it was over a little too fast, I thought. It was fun though. Um, so you do have to put your stuff in a locker for Tron. That's the first one that's ever been like that at Disney. But you, at the Harry Potter ride and there's some other ones where you have to put your backpack in a locker. And that is really is sort of a pain because there's a million people trying to find a locker and put their stuff in. And then there's a million people when you're coming out trying to find the locker, they put their stuff in and get it out. But just be aware that you're going to have to do that. And that might encourage you to not bring, um, you know, any kind of a bag or backpack, though that's hard to do. So in terms of rides, um, my favorites are the Harry Potter rides, um, the best one. Okay. Yes. It's Harry Potter and the forbidden journey. I did write it down. Um, Hagrid's motorbike adventure is really fun. The Harry Potter and the forbidden journey, I thought was one of the most creative rides I'd ever seen until we got to guardians of the galaxy. Um, and they one up Disney one up them on that one, but, um, it is really, really fun. Again, if you love Harry Potter, you're like flying on a broom over all of, you know, the parts from the movie and they've really incorporated a lot of different things and just the line for that going through the castle is amazing they take you through you see the paintings moving around and you get to see um, Hermione and Ron and Harry um, you know in different things and you go through some of the classrooms and 
it's really, really fun to just to, to go through the line. That's one of the best line experiences ever. Um, and so that's just a great ride. The escape from Gringotts is like you're going into the bank and you go down into the vaults. That's That one's fun, but it's not my favorite of the bunch. Um, and then I really like Revenge of the Mummy, like from the movie The Mummy. That's a roller coaster that is a little bit scary um, and it's in the dark inside. So one of those deals like Space Mountain where you're not sure exactly where you're going and it's really well done. So that one's really fun. Um, and then we just love things like um, The Simpsons Ride is super fun. They have a lot of 3D multi-sensory things at Universal where you're kind of in a car you're looking at a screen that's 3D and they kind of move you around to different screens in the car. Um, so the Transformers ride is like that, but it's really fun. Spider-Man's like that. It's really fun. The Simpsons is kind of like that. Um, and that's a fun one as well. Um, I love the Minions. Just love the Minions movies just cracks me up. Um, and so there's a cute Minions ride as well that you definitely are going to ride if you like the Minions. I mean, you'll see them. They'll be walking around. You can snag a picture with them too. Um, Jurassic Park is an older ride, but it's really, really fun. But you're going to get wet on that one. So my advice is bring a, just bring a cheap poncho. You can get those at Target and, you know, little tiny bags and just stick them in your bag. Put that on before you go on the ride. And then you can enjoy it without having to worry about being wet all day long. And then they have King Kong Skull Island. Um, and that one is a unique um, technology. It's, I don't know, it's been around at least five years now, but um, at the time it was, was really interesting and unique. And I still think it's um, fun and, and a cool one to go on. Um, there are a lot of coasters there. They have Dr. Doom's Free Fall. Um, so if you like thrill rides, there's a lot of that. The Velocicoaster, I think, is the newest roller coaster there. I did ride that not realizing how scary it was. I just didn't think about it. I just got on it and wow, that is a scary roller coaster. So if you like scary roller coasters, you will love it. It's a little, little more than I bargained for. Um, so I probably won't go on that one again. Um, but, but it's, you know, it's a great coaster for sure. And then the incredible Hulk, Hulk coaster is a, is a very popular one also. Um, and that one goes, um, upside down and I think it's kind of a launch coaster, um, as well. And then, um, we just love to ride some of the ones in Seuss landing with like cat in the hat. Um, and there's just some cute, some cute rides over there. So those are kind of the highlights of some of my, my favorite, um, rides at universal. Um, so, we probably won't be going back anytime soon, except unless we can make it work for horror nights. That's always kind of a tough time of year with, um, we have football going on then, um, kids football, but, uh, we do hope to get out to LA and see universal studios, Hollywood soon. Um, because I was looking at that, we'd love to see the, um, super Nintendo land though. It looks pretty small right now. Uh, they have a Mario Kart ride. Of course, um, my family definitely, uh, has seen their days of playing, uh, Super Mario Brothers and Mario Kart. So I think we would all get a kick out of that. That was even a video game that even mom liked to play was Mario Kart. That was a fun one. They have a Secret Life of Pets ride. That's one of my favorite animated movies is Pets. I love that movie. I think it's so cute. So I would love to go on that one. Um, and they have a different Jurassic Park ride. So they do have some different things than Universal Studios Orlando has, but they also have some of the same things. So um, I don't know that we would be excited to do some of the same things we've already done, but I would definitely like to just see how it's different and ride some of these different rides and definitely check out Super Nintendo Land. So I hope that helps you. If you were thinking about Universal, definitely recommend it. 
definitely a different experience than Disney. You don't even have to do Disney when you're down there. You could just do um, Universal. We have many families who do that. And in fact, we just had a member post um, a couple of weeks ago about how she was able to save $5,000 on her trip to Universal Orlando over spring break um, between flights and getting her park tickets free and even learning how to get some hotels free as well. So that's a pretty amazing savings just on one trip. So you can definitely save when you're going here, um, but I wanted to give you some tips of what to see and do and how it's all laid out and tickets work and definitely consider their hotels as well. They're they're a great bargain. All right, everyone, thanks for listening and uh, I'll see you on the next episode. If you're ready to fly your family free forever, I invite you to join my family's Fly Free membership. You'll learn how to stop paying for airfare throughout the U.S., Caribbean, and Europe so you can make those priceless family travel memories before your kids or even your grandkids leave home for good. And you'll learn it using my simple, proven formula that's helped hundreds of families. Plus, it's risk-free. You either get your investment in the membership back in free travel, or I give you your money back. You can get more information at familiesflyfree.com slash join.